You are listening to Fan of the Fans, the podcast that delves into the fascinating world of fandom and how it influences our choices. I'm your host, Christina Garnett, and today we're diving headfirst into the passionate universe of college football and a tradition that gets fans' blood pressure up across the country. We're talking about Hate Week, and I am joined by an exceptionally strong guest panel. I am I am so excited to have them here. We have Dr. Wendy Dees, a professor of sports administration at University of Miami. And we have Mariana Whitehurst. And she is not only a member of the Peach Bowl Advisory Board, but also the Georgia Sports Hall of Fame. Ladies, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having us, Christina. Yes, thanks for having us on. This is great. I'm so excited to talk to y'all. We've got Hate Week coming up. And so for those who are not as deeply ingrained in college football as we are, what on earth is Hate Week? And why is it so significant for college football culture? Um, Wendy, I'm going to start, actually, if you don't mind, um, because I feel like we have, we kind of have like multiple Hate Weeks during the season. Um, And I think if I'm not wrong, I may be misremembering this, so correct me, Wendy, but I think we actually first interacted with each other on Twitter because, so traditionally, like, I live in the state of Georgia, as we said, I'm on the Georgia Sports Hall of Fame, so, like, the Georgia-Georgia Tech game Thanksgiving week is always, air quotes, hate week, but then you have other, I would call them natural rivalries that happen in the ACC, the SEC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, the PAC, you'll see kind of regional rivalries. I'm originally from the state of Tennessee, and Wendy is a Florida Gator alum. So um, that week is always a big week for fans to kind of interact with each other and jeer at each other and like traditions and rivalries um, kind of develop, I guess, within the communities. But that's how I first met Wendy, actually, was because of my fandom with uh, with Tennessee. And, and she was commenting on somebody's Twitter post, and I chimed in. But I could be wrong. That's exactly how we met. And it's funny because I think when you're a diehard sports fan, you meet a lot of your friends this way. It's kind of a love-hate relationship, but it's always in really good spirit. So hate week is the best way to describe it. It's the biggest rivalry weekend in college football. And it's usually the most exciting, passionate, the one that, you know, fans really get up for. And Mariana's probably right. I'm sure if she saw me posting about the Gators and she's a Tennessee Vol, I'm sure we were sparring back and forth a little bit, but it's all in good fun. And it it bonds you with people because it gives you people to, you know, joke around with and um, and enjoy those traditions and rivalries. And so the Twitter community, the sports Twitter community is really strong. And so we met that way. I've met a lot of wonderful people in the sports business world that way. And hate week's coming up. So this is when you're going to get back into it with your friends all over again. For sure. For sure. We're good. I mean, like you and I this year have already had the the Tennessee. We, we got our friendship survived another Tennessee, Florida game. Um, fortunate, unfor- fortunately for you, the Vols did not show up. <laughs> this year but um you know for me like as we said I'm on the I'm on the Peach Bowl board so my vision to rivalries I think is expanded a little bit as I've I've gotten to be friends with people like Wendy and also you know travel around the Peach Bowl board so you get to see stuff like the Iron Bowl which you know is a huge Auburn Alabama uh, rivalry and and even if one team is just having a terrible season that is the game it's like Wendy said, that's the game that you you never know what's going to happen. Literally, every time you go into a college football game that's that charged, you just never know. And and Wendy and I have another one coming up because I'm a Georgia Tech person and you know, she's she's a professor at Miami. Yeah. And even though it's not a hate week game, that game is always one that it's it's a rivalry. I mean, a big one. It, it could be an upset game for either team. And and the teams love to see that rival be like ruined. They love to be the one who ruins them. It's, it's fun to watch and it's fun to be a fan. And it's also fun to watch the fans. You know, for me, when I'm I don't know if people know this or not, but when you're in the press box, you're not supposed to cheer for a team. But um, you almost always find out while you're watching a, a team that's a, a t- intense rivalry that you have a rooting interest. And I can't remember which one of our, our Twitter community actually said that. Uh, it was a quote, I'm quoting somebody, but it was very true when she said it, that, yep, that's exactly the way it is. I might not care who is play, who is going to win in like Pitt and West Virginia, but I will very quickly figure out that I do in fact care very much because that's, you know, that's another one, the backyard brawl. 
that regional rivalry. That's a good old one and wonderful and fun to watch. I love that. I think it's also interesting too, because it, depending on like how deeply rooted the rivalry is, but also like the, the, just the grand size or the scale of what that rivalry looks like. So Mariana and I are both Wildcats. We went to Davidson and I'm born and raised in ACC country. So I'm kind of growing up in this Carolina versus Duke world. And then I married my husband and everyone's a Hokie. And so my rivalry weeks have shifted a bit. So now it's Virginia Tech versus UVA. And so it's always interesting to look at that, but then to also look at it in the grand scheme of, like you mentioned, an Alabama or an Auburn or a Michigan versus Ohio State. They could lose every game, but as long as they win hate week, that is the gold standard. It's almost like it's the it's the icing on the cake. You don't want the cake if the if it doesn't have any icing on it. Would love to know your thoughts as like that sense of scale, that sense of size, and how that impacts just how ferocious the hate week is. Yeah, it's exactly what you said, Christina. You can have any kind of season, good or bad, doesn't really matter. Uh, but when hate week rolls around and these rivalry games come up, seasons can be salvaged, seasons can be lost, coaches come and go, a lot of Firings happen uh, after rivalry week if coaches haven't won enough of those games in a historic rivalry. So, yeah, the whole season comes down to that particular weekend in a lot of ways. And for me, I've got being being a professor, I've been to a number of different schools and then there's all sorts of different rivalries amongst the different schools that I've been to. So I grew up in the state of Florida. My whole family went to Florida. So we're big Florida Gators. I went to Florida. So I've got the Florida, Florida State rivalry, which is the in-state rivalry, which is so deep and there's so much hate in that. And that's a really big game. And then our SEC rival is the University of Georgia and Florida, Georgia game in Jacksonville is just absolutely nuts. And that's a really deep rooted Southern SEC football rivalry. And then I went out to Texas A&M to do my doc work and I got a taste of the Texas A&M Texas rivalry and Texas football is also just absolutely nuts so I got to be a part of that rivalry before they changed conferences and then now I'm at the University of Miami so I get to continue my hate for Florida State down here in <laughs> Miami so there's just a lot in my and Miami fans don't like Florida fans so my students have a lot to say to me during that time. So I've got a lot of different, I have to keep like an Excel spreadsheet of my hate week games because I've got so many teams going on in there. Um, but yeah, the season really culminates in that weekend. And I think what also makes it so cool from a community perspective is the time of year that it lands. Like Mariana said, when it's around Thanksgiving, it's that end of the season and people are starting to have holidays and get togethers, you know, tailgates, parties, family time spent together. And when you have family that have gone to different schools on opposite sides of the rivalry, it gets really crazy, but it just makes for a community unlike any other in college football. And I don't care what you say about the NFL. I don't care what you say about anything else. I think Mariana will agree with me that you cannot replicate the community and the passion and the fandom um, and the commitment of college football. 100%. Oh, I mean, of course you knew I was going to agree with you on that. I mean, that's you, why you know, we're you, friends. Yeah, I mean, one one of the reasons, but for sure. But you know, you look at. Um, I mean, I'm just going to kind of piggyback on what you said and and talking about community. You know, you you go out or I go out and I I'm walking around and I'm doing um, tailgates. You know, and a lot of times, like I mean, I was up at, I had the great fortune to be up at the University of Kentucky um, last year, and Georgia was there that's not necessarily a hate week game, but it was deep in the season. And like everybody in the SEC is pretty competitive, you know, like just like in the ACC, like it was, it was pretty cool to be up there and just walk around and see, you know, the Kentucky fans and how gracious they were to the Georgia fans who were visiting and like, Hey, do you want to come in and try some of our burgoo? Like, you know, it's not a dish that's necessarily native to Georgia. So that's, that's one thing. And, and another thing that kind of really, really touched me this season because um, I'm originally from Tennessee is the, the, the way Appalachian teams will stand with each other. Like Tennessee put Virginia stickers on their helmets for their kickoff game this year. And, um, you know, obviously the, we, we didn't host them here in Atlanta for that kickoff, but I wish we had, because that, that 
to me was really special how um, Tennessee was just giving that little shout out to Virginia like hey we know you we know you had an incident on campus and you lost some of your team members and like we just want to we want to stand with you even though today we're fighting against you and I, I think I do think you see an awful lot of that in college football it's one of the reasons I love it like oh my gosh just I feel like I used to always think here in the Southeast, you know, it's, this is our religion. This is our religion. And, you know, like I said, I'm on the Peach Bowl board. So now I've gone out and and kind of fallen in love with the Oregon Ducks and the Washington Huskies, because we've had them be part of our, you know, come and be part of our, our program in Atlanta for kickoff. And, um, you know, we visited out there and, and I've gotten to know the Ohio State folks and, I feel like I fall more in love with college football the longer I'm around it. And just, you know, also like with all the changes, I know, Christina, you wanted to talk about that today. You know, I watch the changes and I watch it growing and thriving. And I'm like, I'm just as in love with you as I ever was college football. (laughs) Oh, I love that. And I think, but I think that's really important because this, to someone who's not really thinking about it, it's like, well, I thought this podcast was about fans. Like, why the hell are you talking about hate so much? But I think that that fervor comes because it's so passionate. Because oh, every, yeah. like, this is not just your Saturday for a few hours. This is your week. This is your month. This is your fall. For me, like, it's such a powerful thing that I'm an I'm an autumn, fall kind of girl. And just the idea of college football starting just makes me all tingly. Like it's a whole oh my God. I'm, I'm filled with glee. I, I am I am a glee filled person every single Labor Day because the thing I love the most is coming back. <laughs> if, if we had a fall in Miami, I think I'd get really excited about it. If I could get a 65 and sunny oh, day with like a red and orange leaf. I'd get really pumped up. I don't get fall, but I think I'd like it even more. You got to have fall to go along with my football. I keep telling you to come up to Atlanta for the Miami Tech game. Yeah, you got to come up and come up to come up to Blacksburg. We'll take you on the Blue Ridge Parkway. You can see all of the changing leaves. You get to basically you get Inner Sandman and the Blue Ridge Parkway. Like you got to come up. Mm, Yeah, I'll pack my boots and I'll be (laughs) I'll be right there. Do it. Do it. And no, post the perfect. pictures on Twitter, like I, you know, IRL, IRL friends now. <laughs> I love that. So when we're thinking about hate week, like how would you prepare? Like, what would you do differently than say like just a normal regular Saturday with a game? Post memes. I mean, like it doesn't start on Saturday. I mean, I, I definitely, I, I've never been part of a hate week that actually started on Saturday. Like it starts, hate week starts on Monday and yep. like you're wearing your school colors, you're posting memes the tailgate is the tailgate of the year because you're trying to get rid of leftovers, first of all, and, and <laughs> do that in a creative way, um, generally speaking, because it's, you know, it's a Thanksgiving. I know for uh, for my family, they're, they're big RV lot people. So, I mean, I grew up with the RV was pulling into Gainesville on like Wednesday or, you know, <laughs> Thursday for a Saturday game. So, I mean, people are rolling into town days early. And like Mariana said, I mean, you paint the town in your colors and I've had so many magnets on my car (laughs) that you can't even see the car. People are like, what, why do you need so many magnets and And so many flags and the rally flags? Oh my gosh. All the flags, all the magnets. And it's like, well, you have to have all of them because everybody else does too. I mean, that's just what you do. The more flags, the more magnets. I think, I think the coolest thing we ever had at a hate week tailgate is uh, my brother and all of his buddies got a, um, a bourbon fountain. I mean, the bourbon fountain, now you are singing my tune. The bourbon fountain made its debut one year at a Florida, Florida State tailgate in Gainesville. And when that thing came out, the people like a couple tailgates over that had the chocolate fountain, we're like, you and your chocolate fountain at your tailgate, who cares? (laughs) Combine, you got to combine, you got to combine the chocolate. That's actually what ended up happening. I think they were so shamed that they were just like, hey, we're going to put ours on this, on top of this like wheelie cooler and we're going to like pull it over and we're just going to combine <laughs> fountains and we will have the ultimate tailgate. So Amazing. we combined a uh, bourbon fountain with a chocolate fountain 
And uh, it was a huge hit. But I mean, that's the kind of stuff that comes out in rivalry week that you don't like see day to day. And we won't talk about what the tailgate looked like after the game, but it was well <laughs> worth it. It's always worth it. Now I need to know how many people are going to listen to this and immediately be like, oh, I never thought of a bourbon fountain. <laughs> I mean, like, I have to admit. And, I welcome mean, like, welcome I, to the SEC, y'all. This is a bourbon taken very finest. seriously. <laughs> Wendy, I feel like I have seen some very serious tailgaters, not only in my life growing up and in, in, as, a, as a vol, but, like, also, you know, traveling around – the country seeing how people tailgate like honestly the grove is is a little off the chain um when i saw oh, it there sure. but like oh wow but um for real i've never seen a bourbon fountain i, I guarantee that, you that... if you walked around hard rock stadium miami i bet there's some like rum flowing in a fountain down here the best cuban cigars you will ever find so it just depends on it just depends on where you are you're you're really working for Florida tourism right now. Yeah, I, I know, Wendy. Like they should be giving you like a you need a stipend for like Florida, the, like Miami Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, they yeah. Be... They're probably like, listen, just don't say anything about the oppressive humidity, and everybody will be all on board. <laughs> <laughs> so I gotta, I have to ask. So we talk about like these rivalries and like tailgating and the whole vibe. What are y'all's thoughts on the Dr Pepper Fansville commercials? <laughs> so I, I feel like that's like Mariana, a pocket version but I'd love to hear it um I mean honestly I, I I really think it was Holly Anderson or Spencer Hall that tweeted the guy from Fansville should be the commissioner of college football uh and oh I, God, I, I, yes. I hate that idea actually um I <laughs> I hate to say this but I'm not a fan of Dr. Pepper but I do enjoy the commercials so yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of the Fansville guy. He amuses me quite a bit, and and honestly, you know, he's very meme worthy. Um, I'm, if I had a co- favorite college football ad, actually, it's it's a it's mayhem with Allstate. Oh, that's <laughs> really? such a good cho- that's a good choice though. That's a that's yeah, a solid yeah. choice. When he when he I did think... the thing when he did the thing about the grill blowing up, uh, because I've known somebody who literally would have done that. I, I just I died. Like that, I died. I died. Absolutely. Oh, and you and you know, down here in Miami, I don't think it was at a college football game. I think it was an NFL game, but fans blew up a, a grill down here in Miami and they scorched about three cars in their <laughs> tailgating area. And when everybody came out, three cars were burnt to the ground. So there's definitely truth in those. Truth in some of those ass. Those those have come from real incidents in college football for sure. But um, the fans the fansville commercials, I since I spent you know four plus wonderful years in Texas, I developed an appreciation for the brand of Dr Pepper. So the Texan in me, the honorary Texan in me, has a lot of respect for the Dr Pepper commercials, and I think fansville and Mayhem all these brands like really hit the nail on the head with like we talked about community and college football because those fans uh those commercials resonate with fans because everybody can see their team or themselves or their family or their community in those commercials their their tailgating group yeah somebody in their tailgating group they are so spot on and that's why they're so popular and that's why marketing wise like those are enduring campaigns they keep bringing them back and then there's there's endless amount of storylines that you can use to you know create do storytelling in those commercials and create new content because there's just no end of funny situations that happen in college football. There's no end of crazy, passionate fandom. And I also, since we're talking about brands and marketing, got to give a shout out to the Nissan Heisman House, which is absolute marketing genius. And oh, yeah. Yeah. I love the Nissan Heisman House. And I know that there are people out there who probably really believe that all the Heisman guys get together like a fraternity <laughs> and live in that house and do all these crazy things. But those commercials are super high quality. They're great. And all of these campaigns, like whether you like the brand or not, if you love college football, you got to give props to those advertisers. They're they're killing it. Completely agree. Could not have said it better. Now, we've talked about the memes and the advertising and the rituals and like getting hyped and everything else. But how do you think that social media and how we're using social media has transformed hate week? I mean, like 
we're all in this call because we met on Twitter. So <laughs> what do you think that does for fan bases and like how they connect as well as just getting the word out about what hate week is and what to do? Probably one of the things that always cracks me up the most about, about Tennessee is the um, checkerboard stadium. You know, people have connected on social media that would not have connected before and are, you know, igniting these little like fan get togethers and fan campaigns and like grassroots ideas. Georgia Tech's actually had a couple where, you know, this one really passionate fan got everybody to wear white, called for a whiteout, which is a, a tech, like the tech version of Georgia does a blackout. So Tech does a whiteout because their colors are white and gold. And um, actually, they really like to call for a whiteout game against Miami normally. But um, or at a night game. But it's it's interesting to watch that happen. Um, You know, it's kind of something that's organic and grassroots and I think really speaks to what we're talking about here, which is, you know, community and and how it just kind of improves the game. And, you know, of course, you always like you always wind up with a couple of like ugly troll interactions with people who are not happy about the loss or unhappy about a call. But um, that's that's kind of part of it. Mariana, I have to ask you, since you mentioned the checkerboard field, you yep. got a pair of those orange and white checkered overalls. Do you wear those things? Or, I mean, I see I these not. on social media everywhere, and you're such not. a classy lady. I'm like, I wonder if Mariana wears the overalls, the checkerboard overalls. I, um, I, you know, I, I don't, I'm not, I, I don't want to mention the movie, but there is a sort of famous quote about um, orange not being in my color wheel. And I, I am a winter. Uh, so I, I don't actually wear, um, I don't wear 151 anywhere near my face, but I do have a <laughs> pair of, <laughs> I don't, no, I don't. I do have a pair of, uh, Pat Summit was very special to me. Actually, if you look at my Twitter byline, my Twitter header, there's a, the last picture that was ever taken of my family. Uh, we're with Pat and Tyler uh, the night she was awarded the Wooden, uh, the Wooden Award for her work uh, professionally. I own a pair of orange sneakers. Uh, that I wear religiously after a big Tennessee win. But uh, you will never, ever catch me in those orange overalls. I'm glad other fans enjoy them, but that's not part of my personal fanhood. It actually, they actually became popular after um, I went to Tennessee for summer school. Christine, as you know, Davidson doesn't have summer school. So I am a Tennessee alum. Uh, but they they started with those overalls after I left. And that's that's just not my, no. <laughs> no, just get like no a sticker of it. But at least I know now because I've had that burning question for a long time. I was like, I wonder if Mariana <laughs> wears the overalls. But anyway, she to does the, not. <laughs> to the question on on social media, I think it's done amazing things for college football and rivalries and hate week. Um, I think the biggest thing that it's done is it's allowed everybody to be a part of it. So before. If you weren't at the game, if you weren't tailgating, if you weren't maybe in that region or at a watch party, you weren't able to participate and celebrate and enjoy hate week and college football and and fandom in general as much. But now everybody can cheer from everywhere 24-7. It obviously ramps up around the weekend and especially, especially around these huge games. But I think the coolest thing is it has given everybody a voice in college football it's given every fan an opportunity to cheer from anywhere and you know you know even people who graduate from these schools they move on they move to other places but they want to be a part of the conversation they want to be a part of cheering they want to be a part of the action I think one of the amazing parts about social media and this is how Mariana and I have connected and you know we could probably name a dozen other you know, women in sports that we talk to and connect with and cheer with while the game is going on. If you're a true sports fan, you're watching the game, but you're on social media, whatever your platform is of choice, you know, we're all on Twitter, but you're on there cheering and, and watching the game together. And that's the coolest thing I think about it is that I'm watching these games and I might be cheering or I might be bitching and complaining or I might be <laughs> sulking or celebrating or whatever. And other people are doing the same thing on the other side. And you're, you feel like you're watching the game together with friends, friends that you've never even met. I have never met Mariana in real life. I'm going to, I'm 
speaking life into it right now. I'm going to meet her. <laughs> I'm going to go enjoy her fall weather and hang out with her in my boots and my, you're you always know, invited friend and my college football gear. But that's the amazing thing that, you know, on game days, she and I are usually either chatting about ACC football together because of Georgia tech and Miami, or we're chatting about sec football with the Gators and the Vols. And then sometimes both, sometimes both. And then all of a sudden Monday hits and we're back into work and we're talking about that. And it has, it has just given us this wonderful long distance friendship. I'm sure it's happened for a lot of other people, but the coolest thing is on game days, we can cheer and watch and enjoy together. And I think that is the biggest thing that social media has done for sports in general and particularly college football. And it has just made uh, the sport better for it. And I'm, I'm going to piggyback on your extremely brilliant points, friend, and, and just say it's made the community larger. It's expanded fan bases for people who maybe would not have been fans of other programs or really like gotten to know another program without them. You know, like I said, I'm on the Peach Bowl board, so I have that privilege of getting to know lots of other programs in a really deep way. But I've become a great student of those programs because Twitter afforded me the space to do that. So when I come into Washington or when I come into Oregon or when I come into Ohio or Michigan, I know a lot about them and their fans and how they vibe and how to interact with them. And like sometimes when I'm traveling, I'll even post and I don't normally do this as a woman who travels alone. But if I'm traveling for the Peach Bowl, I'll post little like updates as to where I am so that I can meet some of my Twitter friends that I know are going to be at that game in real life, you know, and then also occasionally Wendy will get a text from me or like a little like DM where I'm like, this is a wellness check because I'll see you like, oh my God, A&M is on the line against LSU. This is a crazy game. Wendy, are you, are you still with me? Are you there? <laughs> Y'all right? Yeah. She's, she sees a lot of, she sees a lot of rants, more, more negative posts these days because my teams, <laughs> my teams are, are not on top of their I conferences right now. So yeah, she's done a number of wellness checks on me over the last few years because college football has not been kind to the professor. <laughs> I feel well, that. I understand suffering well. Like I grew up a yellow jacket and a vol. I know how to <laughs> suffer. <laughs> I think I think that's how you know your true friends is like they they see you write something on Twitter and you're just like, I'm gonna end it all. And they're like, all right, <laughs> do you need a drink? Are you okay? Or is your team losing? <laughs> and it's just like the fact that you know me enough that you're like I contain multitudes it could be, be a few things are you all right no I can definitely relate as a, as a Hokie fan right now it is it's it's not ideal but would love to also think about that from like a perspective of like social media and user-generated content or UGC. I agree, like social media, being able to connect with each other, being able to foster and find new members of the fandom to connect with and feel like you belong is important. But also I personally love it when the social media managers for these teams write copy like a fan. Like they're not wearing a tie. It's very much like not the comms team that's very buttoned up. It's they're so close to cussing too. They're so excited. You're going to force me to talk about the Duke's Mayo handle, aren't you? We can. Do you want to? <laughs> I um I love the Duke's Mayo handle. I love it. If you compare the Peach Bowl handle to the Duke's Mayo handle, we are much more buttoned up than um than the Mayo Bowl, as I affectionately call it. But um, I love them. I love them all the way. We can't do that because we're we're a big six bowl, so we have we have to. We have to be a little bit more like, as I like to say, like we have, we have to keep our blazer on. Yeah. You know, like we're, we're required to do that. And, take the and tie off though. Just take the tie off. Like blazer can stay on, take the tie off. <laughs> Please and thank you. I mean, I don't know. I think, I think the Peach Bowl is like full on blazer, bow tie, like shined up shoes. They're yeah, the, but they really are. We really, we're, we're, we are very, we are very like stereotypical Southern put together all the I's dotted all the T's crossed like even pa me when I'm, when I'm out I like, think there's a pocket square in there yeah. too there's a bow you, tie and a pocket square but you but you've had a couple mint juleps though like you still look posh as hell but, <laughs> but you've you've had a couple drinks you've had you've not had on duty not on duty <laughs> 
catch me after the game <laughs> when I've got the blazer off. <laughs> That's funny. Just have just like just a little Southern comfort. It'll be perfect. <laughs> but I, I like my my absolute favorite, my hands down favorite is not any of the um the the social media handles for any school. It is always Dukes every okay. season. We got to get some sponsor this. We got it. We got to do it. <laughs> I mean, you're a Carolina girl, Christina. Oh, I know. We always have. <laughs> there was, there's always, there's always a jar of Dukes wherever, wherever I go. You got to do it. I, they take my card away. I don't drink sweet tea, which is enough for me to get kicked out of the South. Oh. But I have Dukes. So like, they can't, they can't completely ostracize me. I have my Dukes mayonnaise. And, and when I go to North Carolina, I always get my cheer wine. Oh gosh. That's a real North Carolina girl right there. Yeah. I have to, I have to drink cheer wine. Anytime I cross the state, like my husband knows, like we stop somewhere and I get, I get a cheer wine. (laughs) I mean, I feel like that's one of those things like you could talk about, you know, I mean, I, 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 Wendy, I don't know if you heard the subtext of my apology to you about Dr. Pepper. Uh, Cause I knew that was going to be a sore point, but like we all, we all do kind of have our like specific things that would be part of our community at a tailgate. You know, like I always think of t- tailgates in, in Carolina with Cheerwine and Bojangles, you know, like what, what is wrong if it's not there. And, and, you know, for, for here in the state of Georgia, I always feel like it's Chick-fil-A and a Coca-Cola with the neck poured out. So yeah, and if you're you know, in if you're in Texas, as soon as you cross over from Louisiana to Texas, you're having some Shiner Bach and some Bluebell ice cream. So oh, for <laughs> sure the Bluebell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if, if you're not drinking Shiner Bach beer, people look at you funny. You probably get kicked out of the state. They'd be like, Nope. Oh, for sure. Well, for sure. I think you get kicked out of the state more for eating a different ice cream, but people are serious sure. about some bluebell in Texas. You are gonna you're gonna get a look like you ain't from around here, are you? <laughs> For sure. Yes, ma'am. That's what they will say. I mean, they'll they'll be nice. They'll say, "Bless your heart. You're not yep. you're not <laughs> drinking Steinerbach beer or eating Bluebell ice cream. You'll get a bless your heart." Everybody knows in the South what that means. That might as well be a f you. But they say it. <laughs> but they say it so nice, so sweetly, so but sweetly. I, but I feel like we've had to adapt because I don't say "bless your heart" as much since that became like obvious what that is. I'll say "sweetie," and so "sweetie" means like I'm gonna cut you, or I'll take a bullet for you, and there's no in between. <laughs> I think you're right. I I I generally twin tend to end tweets with people who are being uh, difficult. With bless your heart, <laughs> a nice little cut at the end. <laughs> bless your heart. Bless your heart. So thinking about this too, we've mentioned a lot of we've mentioned a lot of hate weeks, specifically coming from a perspective of the South. So do you feel like there's any differences? Like if we look at Michigan versus Ohio State versus Auburn, Alabama, what do you do you see any differences or do you feel like that's like one thing we have in common is we we can hate on both sides of the Mason Dixon? Um for, I, for sure. I think I think hate week just as bad, if not worse, in some of the places that you mentioned, if it's Ohio State and Michigan, or, you know, if it's out west with California or Washington or Arizona schools, I think it's just as strong everywhere. I actually believe that if you are in a state with only one marquee state school, I think it's worse. So I grew up in Florida and we have schools all over the place. So you've got Florida and Florida State and Miami. And now you've got the, you know, you've got the I-4 uh, battle between UCF and USF. And so our state's all fragmented into these different pockets of fandom. And I think for that reason, it gets watered down a little bit. But I think when you're in a state like Ohio, where the entire state bleeds red and supports Ohio State, I think it's even more heated in those places because everybody's all on board with one particular school. So that's what I think makes the biggest difference is just the amount of fans that are all kind of in the same place with their rivalry and their traditions and the history and the hate and all of that. So um, as much as I like to think football in the South is huge and, you know, we have the most passionate fans, um, you know, we have you know, states out there that have so many different schools. North Carolina's got all these, you know, big schools and Georgia even is divided between Georgia and Georgia Tech and, you know, Mississippi's, you know, got a divided fandom. And so I really think the states with one big school um, have the best rivalries. 
I, I just, I, I don't know. Like, I'm going to be really honest. I don't know because I watched the Egg Bowl, just for example, and I know how bitter that thing is on, on Thanksgiving. And um, I mean, to your point, Wendy, like, my goodness, I, I you would have to really convince me that anybody could be more bitter rivals than Ohio and Ohio State. And especially when it comes down to those big rivalries that are coming late in the season. And I know I'm talking about the Peach Bowl a lot. Gary Stoken will thank me when this drops. But, um, you know, a lot of times we're looking at who's going to be in the playoffs, like who's going to be in the big four or like who's going to make a bowl game. You know, when it comes down to that rivalry week and it's not just the rivalry, it's not just like that one big special win of the season, but the win that can make, do we get to go to the Peach Bowl? Do we get to go to the Orange Bowl? Are we going to the Natty? You know, are we going to make a bowl? Because the bowls are important for lots of reasons to the football community. Like, they're important to the football community because you get to go to a bowl. It's more money for the program. It's more recognition and accolades. And, and the players enjoy it. And you, the fans are so excited because you go to a bowl. And it's just like a great big party. It's a huge party. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's a big chunk of it. And, like, you know, you, I, I watch, like, Texas and Oklahoma, and I watch Texas versus Texas Tech, and, then like, the Red River shootouts. And some of those regional rivalries are, are – they're fierce. I mean, I talked about earlier, you know, when I was checking on you with that crazy Texas uh, A&M LSU game a few years ago where it was just nuts. And my board mates were texting and saying, we don't think we're – this This game's never going to end. Like, we're never coming home. But they weren't saying it in a bad way. They were stoked because um, it was just such a great energy game and such a wild game. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm hard-pressed to pick one. I really am because I think the rivalries that we're talking about are just – there's so much energy and just so much riding on those seasons for everybody involved that it would be really tough for me to pick one yeah it's so hard it's so hard to pick one and like you said the better the two teams are you know when they're both having great seasons the timing of hate week just becomes so it amplifies everything everything is exponentially greater like you said the seasons are on the line entry into bowl games you know rankings in those top four it's all even bigger and more explosive whenever the teams are really good. And so maybe maybe that's why I think right now that, you know, Ohio State and Michigan is maybe a, I think it goes in waves too. Seems like a bit bigger rivalry because both of those teams now are very good. I mean, those are possible playoff teams and like Florida's been getting their butt kicked by Georgia now for, I don't know, we're on year three or four. I can't remember. I'm losing Kirby Smart's taking over the college football world. And Mariana would know this better. She's in Georgia. But so I think some of the rivalries, at least in my world, have cooled a little bit. They're still important when that week rolls around. But obviously when two programs are upper echelon and vying for those last four spots at the end of the year, it just makes it seem that much bigger. And so, yeah, I'm with you. You're going to, you're going to have a hard time getting a lot of these fan bases to agree that their rivalry isn't the biggest. And you guys mentioned Duke, North Carolina. That is crazy. That's not even, you know, football's not even the big sport there, but the people in that state would probably have a really good vote in terms of having the biggest college rivalry in, you know, in all of sports. Oh, they'll hate over Frisbee golf. Like it doesn't even have to be football. (laughs) (laughs) But I, but I do, I do have to say though, I think it's really interesting too, because we've been playing musical chairs too, with the teams and the conferences. So we've had some teams change and change conferences. And how does that impact their hate week and their fan bases? And the team that was always the one that could have been the reason why you weren't bowl eligible or they took the spot so you didn't get the bowl you wanted, now they moved to a different conference or you moved to a different conference and now you still don't like them, but maybe they're not as big of a threat. How do you see those changes that those teams have made? How do you think that's going to impact, especially with the ACC, which it's not the Atlantic Coast anymore. Maybe it's all Coast Conference. Um, What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I mean, can jump in on this one because go ahead, Wendy, I, I, I feel like we both have plenty to say. <laughs> yeah, that the conference, the conference realignment has altered a lot of that. And this is where I would say it it hurts in the worst way. And I've been on the very losing end of that because when I first started off with 
with three power five teams, everybody asked me, oh, you know, how do you, how do you have so many different teams and how do you cheer for three different teams? And in the very beginning, I was like, oh, this is really easy. I've got Florida in the SEC. I've got Miami in the ACC and I've got Texas A&M in the big 12. None of them ever play each other. I can cheer for all three of them and my life is great. And then all of a sudden, Texas A&M moves over to the SEC. And I was like, oh, shit, there there it goes. Now, my life just got really complicated now. And all this easy fandom just went away. In seriousness, though, whenever A&M moved to the SEC, the first thing I thought about, the first thing everybody else in Texas was thinking is, how can you do this? How can you move schools that have been rivals since the dawn of time and the best games of the year. I teach this to my students in my sports marketing classes, the best games of the year, the biggest games, the most profitable games, the most highly promoted games, the most engaging games, every single metric around the business of sport is at its peak during hate week or or when rivals play each other. And those games are hugely important. And when teams started moving around and some of those very long-term rivalries started to disappear, that's one of the big big things that is the worst for college football. And I know when Texas A&M first moved to the SEC, there was a lot of wrangling between the schools. Are we going to keep the Texas A&M and the Texas game on the schedule? All the fans thought that it would happen. There's no way they're going to not, Texas and Texas A&M are not going to play each other every year. And the schools did not come to agreement on that. I think there was bitterness, you know, on the part of the two universities that one's jumping ship. And I totally understand. I think Texas was pissed that A&M's going to the SEC and they're just following the money. And this was like early conference alignment. So there was a lot of bitterness with fans that that game was not kept on the schedule, that the universities, the athletic departments didn't find a way to keep that game going for the fans and ironically here we are now here comes texas over to the sec and they're probably gonna play again no one ever saw that coming either but um i think those games disappearing are really bad for college sports and fans have a hard time with that that's like a divorce i mean they don't know how to deal with they hate those fan bases but those are the games that they look forward to most in the season on the calendar every year not just in football but every single sport i mean you could have any Olympic sport, non-revenue generating sport on campus. And once a year, all the fans are going to come out and watch women's tennis or, you know, soccer or volleyball or whatever that they may not watch as much throughout the year. As soon as they're playing, you know, as soon as Miami's playing Florida State, everybody's showing up to watch whatever sport it is. And so those rivalries going away, that's, that's a big issue. And I think that's been the saddest thing about all of the conference realignment. So I can't disagree with that analysis at all like I have nothing but um what I will say is that it I feel like it is opening some doors back to some like resurrecting some old old rivalries and bringing in some um some kind of new ones um like just for example I you know it's nice to see West Virginia and Pitt that game that hasn't always been a scheduled game because of the conference differences showing up on a regular basis again because those people hate each other Like they have a real hate week going on and it's early in the season and it's lots of fun for everybody to sort of participate in that one. I'm very much looking forward to seeing Texas and Tennessee play because they had a bit of bitter rivalry over the tee. So I'm hoping to see, you know, that game. But I like generally I agree with you. Like I actually really hate that um, Tech's not playing Duke this year, you know, like. Both of the programs are sort of like they're sort of they're sort of struggling back up, right? Or they're trying to. And um, for Tech not to play Duke, like that one goes back to like the 1920s. My my grandpa my grandfather went to Tech. My grandmother went to Duke, and that was traditionally a big rivalry game in our family. So when did they call that like on, the Nerd Bowl back then or yeah, something? Yeah, the Nerd Bowl. The yeah, Nerd yeah. Bowl. The Nerd Bowl is not getting <laughs> played this year, you know, and like that sort of sucks. And you bring up a great point about UT and UT because, I mean, fans get really, really uh, possessive over these over these letters and these acronyms. And so 
every fan base will be like, no, we're the real UT. We're the real UT. And I think I think Tennessee and Texas fans need to just have a cage match over the orange and the UT and just battle it out. So I'm with you. Some of these new rivalries could be pretty good because there's some hatred going on between other schools that aren't in each other's conference over all sorts of crazy things. So I like I like that idea. I want I want Tennessee to play Texas, too, and they can fight over UT, just like University of Miami and Miami of Ohio just battled it out at the beginning of this year over who's over, the real Miami. Over, over uh, yeah, well, I would say it's, it's. I mean, I like Miami of Ohio, but wait, if I say Miami, I, I mean you guys. Yes. I mean my hurricane yes. friends. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, agree. I think most people probably feel that way, but I love that we're creating new hate weeks. We're creating new bowls, like hate bowls. I mean, you know, like I said earlier, I feel like it's, it's, I mean, I'm going to hate, I'm going to use the word, I'm going to hate losing lots of the rivalries that have been sort of traditional for Tennessee and for, look, I mean, when Tennessee beat Alabama last year, I was on a firm retreat in Fort Lauderdale. When do you remember? I was trying to like carve out some time to see you, but when Tennessee beat Alabama, I wept like a child because I truly did not think I would live long enough to see Tennessee come back to be able to beat Alabama. And the thought for me of Alabama and Tennessee not playing each other every year makes me sick. If I, I, love the that, I love that you wept Tennessee to beat Texas. I don't hate that. <laughs> I love that you wept like real little girl tears over that I game. I mean, that just that just shows how important college football is to people. I mean, it will bring you to your knees. I remember, I can't remember what year it was now, but it was in the Johnny Manziel days. But when Texas A&M went into Tuscaloosa with Johnny Manziel and upset Saban and the national, you know, champion tied that year. I had all these people over at my house to watch the game because that, you know, that became like a budding rivalry in the SEC West when A&M yeah. came over and yeah. everybody's at my house, you know, A&M wins the game at the end. And that was back when, you know, Miami did have a little bit of a winner. I think it was like 57, 59 degrees outside or something that evening. As soon as the clock soon as all the the numbers hit zero i just i did a cannonball into the pool full clothes on all geared up <laughs> drink in hand like dove in the middle of the pool and everybody's like what is she doing it's like 57 degrees outside she's nuts and everybody was just like yeah this this game is huge and this is like a new rivalry and it may not ever happen again that one of her teams beats alabama so i'm in the bottom <laughs> of the i'm in the bottom of the pool Still got my, you know, beer in my hand. I'm blowing bubbles because I'm screaming at the bottom of the pool. But it's like, it's crazy what college football will do to you. But there there are some new rivalries coming about. And it does, it does make things even more exciting. Love that. So we are going to wrap up. But before I let you go, just two things. Would love to hear a hot take from each of you on college football. And then where can people follow you if they want to follow you on Twitter, LinkedIn, or wherever you are on social? I've got one for you. I'll I'll go ahead and go. I've got the hottest of hot takes. Are you guys ready for this potato? Let's go. Gloves on. Everybody's gonna hate on this hot take, but I'm gonna say (laughs) the U is the U is back, baby. We're undefeated right now. I'm gonna go ahead and enjoy it while it's happening. Mario Cristobal is doing amazing things down here in South Beach. So I'm gonna go ahead and get that in. By the time we post this podcast, it could be all wrong and it could be like the coldest of takes, but I'm gonna go ahead and own that for now. And if anybody wants to follow me, I'm on X, formerly known as Twitter, always Twitter to me. And my handle is at get these tweets. Love it. I just imagine you on the podcast just throwing up the you hands. Like I just, I just like when you were saying that, I was like, she's totally doing it. That's exactly what I'm doing right now. <laughs> Christina knows me so well after only one hour. She knows me better than I know myself. You like, if you jinx them, you know that your athletic director is hands down my favorite athletic director. Like no, no shame at all. Dan is my favorite athletic director in all of college athletics. One hundred percent. I'm probably getting an email from somebody in athletics. Yeah. Like, why did you have to say that? Why did you have to? You're say getting that? all the smoke if it does. Yeah. <laughs> say anything. That's why I'm saying the U is back, baby. Like, that's the biggest jinx of all time. Like, the U will leave as soon as I say the U is back. 
Okay. Actually, my hot take has has nothing to do directly with the team. But um, I did say this to Holly and Spencer a few weeks ago, and I actually tagged them earlier today in a tweet when Georgia Tech did their uh, uniform reveal. Adidas, as a company, has one good kit in them per week, and that's it. If you think about how many schools Adidas has, provides their uniform, and how many games there are, they've got one team each week gets a good kit, and that's it. All they got. That's my hot take. I'm gonna college need. Football. I'm gonna need to create those visuals now, and then like start paying attention <laughs> when we publish. We'll be like, circle the one that's good. Hey, circle, they, circle they, who's they the do, favorite kid this week. They do orange and green very nicely. They also do Aggie maroon very nicely. So I'm gonna go Mariana with two good kids. Two. No, no, <laughs> no. I'm cheating, I mean, right? I mean, like I'm cheating. two just really exceptional lit kits. Your icy whites, like the the week Miami got the icy whites, I was like, those are dope. Like the 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 ghost thing with Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech's getting it this week. First time, it's a actually the first time I've seen Georgia Tech get a lit kit from Adidas. One that I really thought, now that's a sharp, that's a sharp take. I'm a fan of the dark greens for Miami. I'm not gonna lie. Every time they wear the green, I'm like, ooh. We look so good. We have to win this week. That also will jinx me every time. Every time I'm like, yeah. I'm like, man, <laughs> those, those uniforms are fire. And then all of a sudden, like the offense goes ice cold in the fire uniform. So I just basically, I need <laughs> to they not can never say wear it again. anything. <laughs> basically, maybe whatever just... I say is the opposite of that. Yeah, well, just you know start, what? Start, maybe start maybe they just need want. to go out like looking ugly so they have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. <laughs> maybe that's the real reason Adidas does that. Be like, you're gonna look like trash, but you're gonna win because maybe. But I, I'm just I'm just telling you, start paying attention. Here's something I'm gonna say, and Mariana is gonna love it. But like, some of the best college football uniforms are those smoke grays at Tennessee. I don't even like Tennessee. Those uniforms are always perfection so i'm gonna say a nice thing since we've been talking about hate the whole time but i love tennessee's smoke gray uniform so that's for mariana i'm gonna end on a i'm gonna end on a nice note nice. Wendy, you're wonderful you know i love the smoky grays i love those smoky grays they're so good they're so those are hard they to really be. are yeah they really I'm, are I'm good just glad, i'm so glad you don't wear those against florida because i can't be liking those uniforms whenever you're like beating down my gators your gators do have some pretty dope kits though they really do <laughs> yeah the that dump, blue and dump orange man, is pretty the dump man unis are pretty good it's pretty it's pretty and like i mean you don't your doggy's not better than smoky for your A&M, but I mean, I do, I have, uh, have so much love for Ravelry. She's beautiful, Collie. She is. She is. She's, She's great. Collie. She's beautiful, Collie. I hope I get to go down there and boop that nose live and in person. <laughs> you, you will one day. You will. I never know where they're going to send me and I can't tell where I'm going this year. Well, I will, I will for sure come meet you if you're in college. So pay attention. That's easy. So pay attention. I'll, it'll, I'll have it on, I'll have it on the platform formerly known as Twitter. Uh, and I'm, and, I'm and at Mary Whitehurst one. Perfect. Awesome. So with that, this has been absolutely amazing. I have loved listening to all the love and all the hate and all the brand <laughs> advice too. So we're, we're getting a lot out of this, but it was absolutely lovely. Thank you so much for listening to us on fan of the fans. And we will be back next month.